This is The First Years, a podcast about the unicorns of American agriculture, first-generation farmers, and the guts, grit, determination, and business prowess required to be one. Today on the podcast, we have Krista Stoffer. Krista is a dairy farmer in Washington. Krista, tell us about your dairy. Yeah, my husband and I, we have a first-generation dairy in Washington State, and we have four kids, uh, ranging from 10 all the way down to nine months, and we're currently milking about 200 cows. So you have such an interesting story. you did not grow up in agriculture at all. In fact, um, I, I read that your only farm experience was driving past an old farm, which happens to be the one that you and your husband recently purchased. So tell me about yep. how you got involved in the dairy business. You don't know, have to pardon the log truck driving by because I'm outside. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I did not grow up on a farm and I have dairy in my background. My great grandma was the dairy farmer, but I didn't know that until after I met my husband. But no, I, in 2009, I started working at the local feed store and my husband moved to town like about a month after I started working there and we met and I mean, the rest is kind of history, but he had moved to my hometown to start his farm, his lifelong dream. And it just kind of went from there and I really had no idea what I was getting into or what, what a dairy farm entailed or what my responsibilities were going to be and honestly how hard it was going to be to be to be honest and so that's just kind of how I got involved in it just kind of dove head first into it fell in love with the farmer and realized what came with it later <laughs> <laughs> you glazed over it but you and your husband started your farm in 2009 which for anybody that's been living under a rock for the last um I can't do math that quickly but last nine years, <laughs> nine years um <laughs> 2009 was the worst dairy year in recent history. Um, can you speak yep. a little bit to how you made that work? I mean, I'm just like mind blown by that, really. Yeah. So when he moved to my area, he was very fortunate to meet some pretty amazing farmers. Uh, most of them were older, retired dairy farmers and pretty much... They all gave him a shot on a handshake. You know, they're old school. That's how you do things. And they were willing to take a chance on him. And most of those individuals we are still doing business with. But we had to establish ourselves as a cash flow only dairy because um, with the exception of the startup loans through FSA, nobody would give you lines of credit, no credit cards, nothing like that. And so we established ourselves as a cash flow only dairy and we had to, you know, kind of be pretty smart on how we spent our money as in regards to like our feed costs and things like that. And we had to adjust accordingly to the milk price. But yeah, no, that first year in all honesty, the first two to three years was pretty rough because yeah, the milk prices were low, but we were still getting ourselves off the ground. We were, he was trying to establish himself in a community that he was, not familiar with in all and as well as climate he came from a completely different climate as where he didn't have winters and where we farm we have very harsh winters so there was a lot of different things that played a role in those first couple years being pretty rough but i would like to think that we survived because he didn't sleep 
and we had <laughs> pretty amazing guys that were they had our backs like something broke down they showed up with the tractor if we called them up and say hey you know next month that payment's just not we're not going to be able to do in full but we can do some um they stuck with us and they worked through it with us and that's been pretty amazing and we i think starting at the bottom and not starting with like even though we didn't have any equity just starting at the bottom and having to figure out how to make milk for that low price i think actually served us well and continuing to be able to farm even after the milk price went up some yeah i mean i imagine that if you can figure out how to make it work with 2009 prices then the prices that we have today might seem like a challenge but definitely not a scary challenge compared to then yeah well and you know right now it's i'm not going to lie and say that it's been easy uh, the last few months have been pretty rough. Last year, we bought the farm. We took on some, you know, some debt to kind of push ourselves ahead and, you know, go towards our goals and our plans. But, um, yeah, it's, this, this last couple of months has been pretty rough. It's bringing me back to those days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, my husband and I, when we started our farm, um, we there's a lot of memories that are that were really not great memories at the time. But now looking back, they are kind of – um, sweet in the weirdest ways. Do you have any memories from those first couple of years that at the time you just thought there's no way we're going to survive this, but looking back now, um, you can remember fondly. Yeah. Well, in all, every regard, those first few years were, first few years were hard. You know, we're starting a young family. We just pretty much met each other and got married and we had this dairy we're trying to get off the ground. And so what we were we constantly were struggling with help. I mean, hired help, that's just a age old issue within agriculture, but there was a lot of times where just everything fell on us and we were doing it all. So I just look back and I think, Oh my gosh, my kids were playing in the kiddie pool in the milk parlor while we're milking cows or baby swings and, or TVs watching movies in the middle of winter. And, um, it may have been hard, but there's a lot of good things that came out of it, too. There was a lot of time we spent together, and our kids, I think, were better for it. I would completely agree with you on that. Um, what do you think has been your biggest challenge? I think for me, going from not growing up on a farm and not realizing that, you know, everything revolves around farming. You know, you really don't get vacations. You don't really get it. You miss out on, you know, friends and families weddings or birthdays or graduations, things that are important, you don't always get to attend those. So that was a real struggle for me is trying to realize that, you know, I'm not going to get to do all those things because of the lifestyle that we have chosen. Um, it's something I still struggle with every now and then, but um, our family's been pretty awesome and, you know, trying to plan birthday parties around us or holiday events, things like that. So that has helped take that, that stress away a little bit. Yeah. You have a pretty significant social following, so and I've noticed that you're not afraid to shy, you know, you don't tend to shy away from um, maybe controversial subjects. Can you share just a little bit of why you think it's important for farmers to share about even the hard stuff? Like, um, you know, like I've seen several posts from you when one of your favorite cows has to be put down or things like that that um, are definitely not a glamorous aspect of farming. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things that when I came into farming, I was completely blown away, like about everything that in, involves it, you know, the commitment that farmers and ranchers have. It just 
everything about it was exciting and new to me and learning and everything like that. But when I got into the marketing aspect and, you know, the PR side of it and started seeing like, you know, the individuals that promote us, which I mean, we have the most amazing people doing that job, but I felt always have felt like they over romanticize what we do. It's always picture perfect cows that, you know, are in the middle of a field that I just, I always felt like there was, they just only talked about the good side. It's the best life in the world. It's the best way to raise a family. Um, and it is, but it's also tough. And working farms aren't always the prettiest. And there's things that happen, and it's hard. And there's bad days, and there's a lot of bad days. And I felt like the stuff that's going around by activists, if we don't tell our side and what we're doing, for example, when we have a cow go down and we have to use hip lifts, it looks horrible. And if we don't talk about it and explain the benefits of it, and yes, yeah, say, yeah, this looks horrible, but this is going to save her life, then you're going to have somebody else talking about it and saying, oh my gosh, look at what these dairy farmers are doing to this poor cow, these horrible people. So regardless of if we want to talk about it or not, somebody is going to, and they already mm-hmm. are, and they already have been for a long time. It's just they're not being honest about it. So we need to take a step up and talk about those hard issues, something that might be able to be taken out of context and set that record straight is how I've always felt about it. Mm -hmm. No, I think you're definitely right about that. And I think that as um, our generation of farmers is, you know, coming into leadership, then I I think that that's becoming more and more commonplace. Um, Whereas maybe previous generations were more afraid to, to tackle those tough subjects. Yeah, and I totally, I totally get it. I mean, it's it's when something's controversial or when you're working all day, you don't want to go and have those conversations with people. But at the same time, we're way past being able to just farm. We have to be active in their communities and um, telling our stories. Mm-hmm. What's the worst advice you guys have ever received? The worst advice. You have to spend money to make money. <laughs> I have, you don't I have think that's such a true? Hard time. I think it is in some regards. Okay, so here's my philosophy on it. I absolutely do believe that you have to spend money to make money. You have to, you know, take those steps to meet your goals. If you're, if you're wanting to grow, if you're wanting to bring other members of the family in, if you're wanting to, you know, have more land, whatever your goals are, you're going to have to spend money, Right. But I think where some people get in trouble and where I try to draw the line is you don't have to buy the biggest and the best and the new, and you don't have to have one of everything to be successful. And I think sometimes that hurts us if we try to do that. And we have, I mean, everything we have is old. Would we love new stuff? Would we love new tractors? Would we love new trucks? Yeah. Could we probably shove a couple things like that in our cash flow? We could, but we would not be farming if we would have done that from the get-go. We have to be very careful and meticulous with what we do and how we do it. And I think um, we've had some people push us like, hey, you should, this, you should buy that. You should buy this land. You should buy this farm. You should do this. And, oh, you need more cows. And I sometimes I think we get caught in that little um, bigger is better or um, – you got to have this new truck or you got to have this new tractor. And I think that hurts some people. And so that's kind of the, I feel like that's the, can be some of the worst advice that we received is, especially as new farmers trying to, you know, make it and survive. We wouldn't be able to do that if we had a bunch of payments. So. 
Yeah. I mean, certainly given the time frame that you started in, absolutely not. Yeah. I completely yeah. agree with that. What's the advice that you, um, like, you know, the, the top piece of advice that you give new and beginning farmers? You don't have to do it all. Um, I know a lot of people because they kind of get off cart, caught off guard when we tell them we don't farm. Uh, we don't have land. We don't do a ton of farming. Our main focus is our cows and we buy almost, we buy all of our feed. We do some chopping with some of the, you know, the farms that we're been established with. We do some of that. We have a little bit of equipment that we pick up here and there as we find a good deal, but you don't have to do it all. I think there's this desire to have the land and the cows. And if you're starting out, it's just so hard to get it off the ground, but to add that all that extra stuff into it, I think is putting your, stretching yourself too far. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that for sure. So if there's we, a if question. We, that's just us. If we try to do that, it, we would have never made it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think in any business you have to be super realistic and honest with yourself about what your capacity is. And then exactly. like you say, you know, be, then be judicious about cutting out things that are not necessary. I think yep. that's definitely true. Um, so there's a question that I ask on every podcast. Um, to what do you credit your success? Do you think it's skill, luck, or a combination of both maybe? I think it's a combination. I think the fact that my husband has no, no quit in him. I mean, there's been many years where he spent most of the year getting only a couple hours of sleep. He, you know, gets up before most, he's in bed after most, and he's just a hard, he's hard work. I mean, that can be said about most farmers, but he has worked so hard to maintain and to do all the things that need to be done. And then in addition to that is having those farmers I mentioned before that are willing to give you, you know, you know, carry a load, like give you a handshake at the beginning of the season and let you make payments on that feed throughout the year. That and my husband, I think, is a huge part of it but you know what i i truly believe that we're doing what we're supposed to and you know i believe that our faith and god has given us this great amazing life to live and he is in control so we're either going to be farmers or not we really have no control over that and i think that those those three is the combo as to why we've been able to make it this far well, I have loved having you on the podcast today, Krista. Can you share um, with listeners where they can follow you on social if they want to? They want to go to the socials and follow you. Yeah, I am on Facebook and Instagram primarily. I am on Twitter, but I absolutely despise Twitter. So if you want to connect with me, Instagram and Facebook are the main places I try to keep up with and share our farm with everybody. Well, thank you for your time today, Krista. It was great to chat with you. That's it for this week's episode of The First Years. Um, be sure to catch us on the new AgriTalk app, which you can download on iTunes or your app store or listen to wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, have a great week.